Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. I'm Monica Richardson and I'm your host. Tonight is December 4th, 2012. Hey, out there in blogger land, I see you guys out there in the chat room. Welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, how is it back there on the East Coast? It's been raining here in California and I just love it. You know, it's so great to be able to wear your sweaters and your boots, right? <laughs> I hear it's going to get warm again, but um, anyway, hi, Amy. Hi, ETP. Tonight, we have a really, really great guest, and his name is Dr. Mark Kern, with a K, K-E-R-N. He's a Ph.D. He is located in Los Angeles, California, and in 1982, he received his Ph.D. in clinical psychology from the California School of Professional Psychology. In 1983, he founded Addiction Alternatives, uh, his private practice is in Los Angeles to provide clients with non-12-step addiction treatment alternatives because there are many more people like him who do not find AA and the 12-step approach to be effective. Uh, Dr. Mark Kern regularly speaks at national and international professional conferences, conventions, and workshops. He is on the board of directors for the self-help program Moderation Management, Previously, he was on the board of directors of Smart Recovery and a member of the original board of Rational Recovery. Wow, you have really been, you really have been there. We talk about all these things. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to it. As a guest addiction expert, thank God we have you out there, Dr. Kern has made over 100 media appearances, including syndicated and local radio and TV shows, including 2020, ABC's popular network news magazine show, and CNN's renowned Larry King Live. He has also been featured in articles in dozens of daily newspapers and national magazines. His practical self-help book, Take Control Now, is a do-it-yourself blueprint for managing unwanted habits. You can download the first chapter here. Um, so he's got two sites that I know about. One is the Habit Doc, uh, habitdoc.com and Alternatives. Uh, let's see, we're going to get him on to do it, talk about this. But I'm, I just started to read the book, and it's really, really great. So I am going to bring him on right now. Hello there. Hello. How are you? Hi there. Ah. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Uh, should I call you Dr. Kern or Mark? <laughs> uh, 
why don't you say Mark? How about okay. that? I'm a pretty casual guy. Okay, Mark. So just reading that aloud for the first time made me, as a new person to this other options world, go, wow, you have really been involved for a very, very long time. Yes, I uh, even had dinner with a couple of other colleagues, and I'm considered one of the uh, old guys. One of the there's a book called, in fact, uh, uh, how how I came to uh, harm reduction, kicking and screaming, and I'm oh, yeah. in the old founders <laughs> uh, section. Dee Dee Stout. So yes, I have been around. Yeah, Dee Dee was one of the first people that I found uh, because of that oh. Penn and Teller bullshit episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, she was the That's first right. woman That's I called right. when I was, I think I had left or I was leaving AA, uh, that she made me feel sane. You know, I mean, it was, I felt so alone, and I talked to Dee Dee, and I felt really, uh, you know, validated. It was really an incredible experience, but I am so happy to have you on the show because, you know, I have like 45,000 downloads and listens to this show that I don't promote, and I mm-hmm. there's so many people, Mark, that... Uh, one help that's non twelve step help, and there's a growing number that don't want to be abstinent uh from alcohol for their for their whole lives either and so um you want to talk about why you started it where you know with the beginnings for you back in the eighties well, I mean to be quite frank, I mean I had a really quite serious alcohol and drug problem mm-hmm. uh I went to Ohio State University. Uh, I joined a fraternity. They taught me a whole bunch of things uh, uh, about drinking and drugging and partying and the whole thing. And when I graduated, I had a a full-fledged set of addictions to alcohol and and primarily central nervous system depressants, uh, secondals, tunals, you know, quaaludes and things like that. Right. And Mm And when I got out, uh, uh, when I finally figured out I had a problem, I started uh, searching around, and there was only 12-step services available Mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. And I I had to figure out how to to take control of my own relationship with my elixirs. That's Mm -hmm. what I call them anyway. Yeah, I like the different words. Yeah. It's... You know, it it, w- it was a very lonely time. I was living in Detroit at the time, and every therapist I went to said I had to go to a twelve-step meeting, which I did. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm sort of a secular guy. I was trained in architecture and uh, a spiritual sort of irrational program. Just didn't make that much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was taught how to build buildings and construct things, and yeah. here was a philosophy that didn't go about it in a very rational or sequential way uh, to take control of my life again. Right. Yeah, it was funny because I was reading the beginning of the book, and you talk about quaaludes, and I hadn't heard anybody talk about quaaludes in so long. Uh, it was They're... kind of reminded me of my teenage years, but... Uh, I I can't imagine. I took them only a couple of times to be get hooked on them and take them on a regular basis. That really so you had seizures from doing that, didn't you? I I had I didn't think I was addicted, and I said, well, I'm going to stop doing the quaaludes. And I had two grand mal seizures in a room of about sixty architects, and they didn't know what 
had gone wrong or why I uh, went into a seizure, but uh, yeah. that's uh, the truth. And you know, they do make them, you know, you know, uh, in Europe. But thank goodness, in a sense, they don't here. Yeah. So uh, they were very, very powerful. They're, they're, they were akin, you know, for those who don't remember them, they're akin to Vicodin, but with a little bit more hypnotic tone to them. Well, I thought they were horse tranquilizers. Were, were they not? Or that's what we were told. No, I mean, no, they no. They were primarily uh, considered sedative hypnotics. Uh, oh. Not, uh, I think ketamine was a horse tranquilizer, but mm-hmm. uh, um, quaaludes were were uh, uh, prescribed for seniors and for sleep and a whole host wow. of things. Oh my goodness! I had no idea. Well, they something was they, they terrified me when I took them. Uh, but I, I would, I really, I want to. There's, we have people in the chat room right now, and there'll be people that will listen later. So I have on with me, Dr. Mark Hearn, who is a PhD who wrote a book, Take Control Now. And the reason I'm saying this, I know there's people. There's a friend, one of the bloggers. Um, her elixir was uh, heroin, and is using uh, subtrex, subtrexon, or uh, I have to get the suboxone. Right, suboxone, right? Uh, mm-hmm. help. But what I want to say to everybody is, you know, I've just begun the book, and I really love it, uh, that it, it's for not just alcohol or drugs, but it's any, a lot of other bad habits. But it's really, I'm excited to read it. I've just begun, you know, maybe 10, 20 pages into it. You can get it on Amazon. And is this self-published? This was originally self-published. Uh, believe it or not, I wrote it before we had computers. I didn't even have it on a word really? processor. And we, I had to type this out, and yeah. uh, so uh, not on the one you're gonna you can get on uh, on Amazon, but originally, and if you get a copy of the original, you'll see that the margins aren't in line, and <laughs> I, you know, computers weren't uh, available at that time. Wow, I'm an old guy. I'm, oh I'm my God, that's so great. So there's so much history. We might have to have you on more than once uh, to talk about some of the history because there are people who have been really harmed by AA, but were really helped by using, you know, different components of the other programs. So so you you went to these other places, and it didn't, you know, you didn't like it. So what did you do next? Well, I mean, you know, to be frank, there wasn't any other places. There was 12-step yeah. or one-on-one therapy, and that's the only thing that, you know, I sort of bonded with, and uh, I stayed in therapy for oh, a good couple of years, but you know, to be frank, even though the the it was a psychologist, and even though the psychologist said he knows about addictions and yeah. on and on, he really knew nothing. I mean, yeah. I don't mean to to badmouth him in any way. <laughs> he didn't really understand the phenomenon that I was ensnared in, and mm-hmm. and and eventually, you know, he said, "Why don't you go back to school?" And which I did, yeah. and uh, that's really where my uh, interest in making, you know, making uh, this a profession and helping others that were were struggling like me who couldn't relate to the twelve step methodology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was written then, you know, how many years ago? Would you write this? Uh, like twenty, almost twenty five, thirty years ago. Yeah, and there were no. No other, other than the, the you know the psychoanalytic literature that's been around since uh, oh uh, the mid '40s and '50s. There was nothing besides that and the twelve step, 
And even after I graduated, I went out on my first interview, and I, they asked me, well, what, you know, how do I understand addictions? And uh, I told them, and they told me I was a murderer and I was going to kill people <laughs> thinking about addictions as as I do. I mean, as I, as mm. I, nothing more than a, an adaptation to life that has gone awry. Uh, mm. I don't think there's any evil or moral issue here. It's just that, you know, we found a, a, an elixir or a methodology to cope with uncomfortable feelings, uncomfortable thoughts, and it worked, unfortunately. And but over time, it goes awry and it and it starts to dominate our lives. But it's, they they didn't yeah. like to hear that. It, it, yeah. It, well, you know, I think that there's there are different schools of thought. Even in the like the people who AA didn't work for you have Amy Lee Coy, who wrote From Death Do I Part, who I'm now friends with here in LA. And then Stephen Slate, who is on the East Coast, who works with St. Jude's Retreat, which has become completely non-12-step. And one believing that, you know, there are inner stuff going on, and one of them believing it's not, anyone can get addicted to any substance, and different points of view. But I do think it's Mm -hmm. important that we have them, and that because I was told that I had a spiritual malady coupled with a mental obsession. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, that was like in 75. So, you know, I just think that's insane. And it's nice to, you know, re- even though this was written 20, 25 years ago, I want to read just the beginning because I was really touched by your personal story that's not in the first person. So here it goes. It's, he felt that his body was alive, but his soul was dead. There was nothing there. To him, his life was like the stark, leafless branches of a dead tree in winter, looking like a tormented hand, desperately reaching up to a cold, gray sky, offering no help and no comfort. He was totally alone, and he felt it. i got to tell you, it just chokes me up because, you know, it is so how I felt when I was 17, turning 18, and looking for uh, something, you know, and uh, many people feel this terrible isolation and uh, are so vulnerable when they are ready to quit. Um, Absolutely. That, that's part of the motivation behind, uh, I've even received several awards for being very proactive in the self-help movement. I, like, uh, like, like you said in your introduction, I, I was part of starting uh, Rational Recovery, Smart Recovery, MM, uh, because half the problem is being alone with this phenomenon and feeling, you know, like like we're sinking, like we're dying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just alone with it. Yeah, there's two bloggers. Um, Amy wrote, uh, she was put in rehab in Los Angeles in 1984 and many times after, actually at 13, Amy was dropped off at a rehab dying. Yeah, we went back and, you know. Anyway, it's so sad that Mark's work was kept from me and so many others. Options opened so many doors, including avoiding an unnecessary pain. And then Rainbow wrote, I was I so totally wish that same thing, that my first rehab was back in 1989. Um. Mm. So you uh, have a. So anyway, you were in college when you wrote this. Then is this when you were becoming a therapist? No. No. After. No. This is actually. I wrote this after I graduated uh, Ohio State with a degree in architecture and had the seizures in this architect's mm. office. And this was sort of, 
you know, partly therapeutic. It, it is an extension of my dissertation that I did in graduate school, mm-hmm. but I wrote the book, uh, and I'm still showing my age here, a long time ago, uh, where there there wasn't any lay uh, self-help books on this topic other than those based on the philosophy of the 12-step method. Have uh, so how far-reaching has the book gotten? Well, that's a matter of a uh, uh, sort of definition. I mean, I get calls and inquiries from all over the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly, Australia seems to be uh, very uh, interested in new methods. Um, I've spoken there a, a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are hungry for you know alternative conceptualizations. I don't think I have the only answer it 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 helped me and I was hoping that it, you know a different uh structure system might be helpful to someone else and uh it it you know I'm in the process right now of of doing some more with it because this is this is a, a field in its infancy mm-hmm. not the other way around mm-hmm. and we're 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 throwing out new ideas, you know, and seeing what works. And, you know, frankly, what works is very different for one person versus another person. Right, right. And uh, how long have you had your practice where you see people one-on-one in Los Angeles? About 25 years now. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. and people... (laughs) I'm blown away. I'm just, I'm so excited to... You know, find another person. I think Gabrielle Glaser, who has written a book about women and drinking and what she discovered, uh, you know, she had said, oh, yeah, you know, but I, anyway, I'm really, really happy, you know, to be speaking with you because the book itself, as I'm looking at it, there are other books that I've, you know, I've been buying. (laughs) I hear about this one and I get that one and but it seems like a very uh, practical book to you. So if somebody comes to you, and I'm going to take, we, we might take some calls. Uh, again, that's I'm fine. speaking with. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I just I'm said that's fine. With, yeah, I'm speaking with Dr. Mark Hearn, who has the book Take Control Now, and Habit Doc is uh, he's a one-on-one uh, website. Yeah, website that you can reach him and uh, have work with him and see what all he does. And uh, he works with moderation management. Um, and oh, I lost my train of thought. What I was going to say. Oh, Smart yeah. recovery. Uh, yeah. I no longer work with rational recovery, but that's a whole di- other different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the politics behind that. But yeah, but, I had uh, I had him I, on a couple of times. I've tried to have everybody that I learned about on the show. But okay, so somebody comes to you and they have a problem. Where do you begin? Wow, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. I begin about. I'm I'm of the belief that people do these elixirs for one reason and one reason only, and it's mm-hmm. to make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can uh, hypothesize a whole bunch of things, but. Fundamentally, you know, what's what's hurting? What are they self-medicating? What are they, you know, covering up or avoiding and things like that? And so I sort of start where they want to start. I mean, because that's, I don't mandate abstinence. In fact, you know, many of my clients never even choose to be abstinent. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I but I try to start where where they're hurting and try to help them understand the the relationship with the elixir. 
and 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 sort of what they're trying to to emotionally deal with, and that that will evolve, you know, uh, for different people in different directions, and you know, uh, so it's very hard to say. Well, what do we do? But you know, I help them either you know reduce you know the amount of uh, the elixirs they're using or discontinue over a course of time i'm a very big believer in incremental growth just like if we were going on a diet you lose it in a little bit at a time mm-hmm. and not ask for this gigantic leap off the mountain you know day one but right, as right. they're ready to make a, a step forward i'm with them Mm hmm. Would you like to see if uh, anybody wants to call in? Want to take a call? Sure. There's a lot of people sure. out there in uh, Chatland. 818 475 9211. If you'd like to call in and ask Dr. Kern, Dr. Mark Kern, a question, if you're having an issue, 818 475 9211. Go ahead and call in. Uh, yeah, I really. Um, I, I would like to get you know what I've done. Every time I find a good book, I buy like five or ten of them, and I start giving them. Oh, really? Out. Yeah, yeah. I think that this book uh, needs to be given out uh, when someone gets a DUI, not a big book. I couldn't agree more, and but of course I wrote it. But it was not. It was designed as a workbook for mm-hmm. problems with. Any sort of unhealthy habit, smoking, drinking, yeah. drug use, because I do believe that there are common uh, uh, fundamental processes across uh, substance or elixir, I call them, and there's differences, but the there's the basic principles are the same. There no there's no need to be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you, you know you just got entrapped by something that worked pretty good. Unfortunately, right, right. Uh, one of the things that it was they're talking about weight or procrastination. Where is that list? Like you have a list of all the different things that just bad habits. They were procrastination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to find the page where it kind of makes a list, or maybe it was on the website. So what? You know, maybe you know how you work. So what are the? the they have alcohol. There's drugs. There's food. There's video gaming. Right. Uh, distraction. That's right. There's being late, um, procrastinating things that are more important. Any of these issues, and many people will, that I know have you know stopped drinking and stopped the elixirs, but then have all these other things going on. So, kind of, I think what's nice is I know there's you know a certain group of bloggers that you know are not having a problem with the elixir, whether it's a drug of choice, alcohol, or drugs, mm-hmm. but other things. So. Yeah. Wanna, but, yeah. but they don't. But as, as I think you're leaning into, the 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 elixir fits in uh, is just one cog of a, a series of cogs. And you know, if you stop, you know, the elixir, you know, in, in the twelve step, it's you know, you're a dry drunk. But mm-hmm. it's but there's a lot of other cogs that are. Uh, must be addressed or, or at least considered when you when you stop, or otherwise you're you're you're, you're white knuckling it. Mm-hmm. And and let's say we're on a diet, you know, it's just as important about the habits about where do you when you go grocery shopping, what do you buy, where you know, and things like that. It's not just 
overeating. It, it's 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 a a phenomenon that's connected to a lot of other phenomena. But it's but it really can be unwoven uh, for the consumer. You know, if they want to pause long enough and just kind of stand back from the phenomenon and look at it, you know, somewhat objectively and 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 to understand what. What what do they expect to happen when they have that next drink? What do they expect to change? And that's really, you know, the essence of my my model anyway is that it's about changing uncomfortable sensations. I liked what I read the part that it said is a, a line about uh, willpower and about a rubber band. You mm-hmm. know, that it's can you explain more about that? Like so if you're forcing something, you're going to, you know, the willpower can a rubber band effect. Right. If you're willpowering something, first of all, I'm not a big believer in willpower. I do believe it's essential, and I use it all the time, but mm-hmm. you can't rely on it. And if you just willpower to willpower, it's like a rubber band being sort of uh, stretched, and eventually it's going to fracture and snap back. Mm-hmm. So so we have to have a, a, a better, broader understanding of what are the what are we trying to stop or what are we trying to change and not just kind of a white knuckle it and grin and bear it and I'm not going to use or I'm not going to, um, you know, drink or whatever it is and, and have other ways of coping with, you know, the, the realities of life, which are often uncomfortable, which often are disappointing. Uh, uh, nobody gets away without that. And, you know, if it's, Something has been working for you, you know, whether it's food or drink or, or, or drugs. It's hard to let that go, without putting something in its place, without having a more adaptive way of coping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My experience is many people just missed out on growing up, especially during the the late teens, because alcohol or drugs uh, worked efficiently, effectively, and predictably. And had they not gotten into these elixirs, they would have learned some life skills to cope with the difficulties that lie ahead. But they missed out. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I didn't learn any skills. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, so when you had the um, the grand mal seizures, did you just stop? Was that like such a wake-up call that you were able to stop using the drugs? I, I wish I could say yes, but it's not. The reality <laughs> is, within a few weeks, I was I was using again, and I had picked up uh, the uh, the drinking habit more strong more strongly than ever before. Mm-hmm. You would think that somebody having uh, two grand mal seizures would uh, it would you know get through to them, but it, but it didn't for me, and it was. It was literally several years later before I started to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, a, an overnight a, epiphany or something like that. It was a very slow turn, sort of like those big tankers that are out in the ocean. If they if they have to make a turn, it's very slow and very wide. Right. And that's, you know, that's that was my process as well. You know, learning a little bit more about myself facing my issues real and imagined slowly mm-hmm. until you know until I, I, I gained a you know incremental degree of mastery and confidence that I could steer my, my boat a little bit more. 
And that's how I actually wound up in psychology. You know, it sort of like helped me turn the ship around. So you kind of cre- you created it as you went through it yourself? What worked for Almost you? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty inspired. Um, I really want to help promote this. Did you do, have you done like book radio tours? Have you done like a real serious tour of television? And, and I know that you've been oh. on a lot, let's just say you've been on a lot of shows already, but... Would you, would you always promote the book? Well, I mean, I was on 2020. They did a, virtually the entire piece on me. Uh, when was I that done? Co- when, when were you on 2020? Oh, boy, with um, uh, that the MD, uh, Nancy Snyderman, Dr. Nancy. It was about seven or eight years ago. It's It's on my Addiction Alternative site. You can watch a clipping of it. I was in uh, Robert Zemeckis's documentary on addiction, yeah, and when I, I uh-huh. and when I co-authored uh, the Responsible Drinking, which is the moderation uh, book, um, I did many, many, many shows. But you know, our society is pretty Puritan, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I don't want anybody out there who's successfully abstaining to to think that they you know should try moderation but the reality is it's it's not it's not wrong to like to be intoxicated you know mm-hmm. or to to feel good or to uh you know animals do it and it's it, it's it's a very human characteristic there's even a professor at UCLA that calls it the fourth drive after hunger and sex you know that it's just part of the human nature to to like to change the way we see things, or um, you know, it's part of who we are. Right, right. Uh, I want. I'm talking to Dr. Mark Kern, and if anybody wants to call in and ask a question or make a comment, eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. Again, it's eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. Kevin and I will sometimes be, you know, going down the the aisle in the market, and I'll say, oh, yeah, that's for, you know, Anthony, that's one of my sons. <laughs> like, <laughs> looking at each other like, we know it's really not for Anthony, you know, it's for me or for him. And that particular cookie or wherever it is, uh, is really, it, it's, I think it's such an interesting process because that's what I have an issue with now that I see I had some serious surgery done and um, certainly whatever comfort food cooking after i survived mm-hmm. you know a really serious surgery and but i'm going to i'm going to read your book and i'm going to apply it to <laughs> my current struggle which is not alcohol okay. or drugs okay. at all you know what i mean but i really uh, if i open a book and was and am this much touched by uh your your expression of your where you were at when you wrote this book, like Amy Lee Coy's book, I, I felt that way. It's very personal. And then mm-hmm. you come and give me, like, um, I know that uh, the listeners out there uh, have a book, but he has some really great tools, like accepting. There's a lot of work workbook kind of stuff in here. Accepting my yeah, ambivalence yeah, it is. over I tried that to right do that. over overeating habits. So it's you know habits in general. Like if somebody's always late. Or like I was dealing with procrastination and making my film, you know, it's like everybody else's mm-hmm. stuff came before it. You know, my husband, the business that I run, <laughs> and the kids' stuff, and the, the documentary was like, okay, we got that kind of thing. And um, the positives I get from continuing this habit, 
you have that's there, and the positives I get from stopping this habit, and the, the negatives you write on both sides of it. It's great. It's really a great book. And then it says, how are you doing? And then you can rate it. How are you doing with your career, with your friends, your family, your hobbies? That's, that's, that part you're reading is really important because I don't see success as a measure of am I using or not using, mm-hmm. but rather is the quality and the qualities that I'm looking for for my life improving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if those are improving, you're making progress. It's not, in my in my opinion, it's really not about alcohol or drugs. It's about you know about the feelings and the quality of attaining the qualities that make you feel good about yourself and your contribution to the world. I agree. So a, uh, Amy wrote here, "Wish society would work a bit more on what we're actually seeing." Too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, you need to be on some shows. Now again, we need a cycle of you because this because of this thing that had happened in the news where the drug counselor killed the man and carried him on her. Well, it, I mean, it's gone. It's on the AP, so it means it's all over the country, and they're seeing mm-hmm. this story. And then on doctor, you know, doctor whatever man is talking about how it's a disease, and they're making like an excuse for this man who did this and and calling it. I mean, it's really frustrating for a lot of us to see so much step stepperism in our culture to the point that we we really feel like we need a show. Like somebody needs a show that is not promoting that whole, it's all AA, and now they get up and they use this, oh, I'm in recovery, I'm in, you know, we all know what they're talking about, and I know how ridiculous, you know, this 1970, or the 75-year-old modality uh, and, and then the woman is up there on the screen. I mean, actually, Carla Brada's mother called me and said, you got to turn on the TV, otherwise I wouldn't have had it on. And you see the woman who was, you know, from Moderation Management, who, from my Audrey understanding, Kishline. yeah, is when she went to AA is when she got drunk and killed some people, you know. That's correct. Uh, yeah, so it once again gives Moderation, oh, well, she was Moderation, you know, and it gives it a bad name, and, and not really, you know what I'm saying? But it's just time, Mark. It's time. There's a huge movement of thousands of people that are very, very unhappy with the 12-step modality. Right, and they're getting inundated with uh, the Dr. Uh, Pinsky view of of addiction. And, you know, I've met Dr. Pinsky, but there's a lot more to this phenomenon than the 12-step or the disease model can Mm -hmm. answer. And I'm wholeheartedly behind you with coming up with a uh, a show or a or some vehicle mm-hmm. to educate the general public i mean it isn't so simple as you're genetically predisposed from birth to have this problem and you know so what you know yeah, so do right. i have to <laughs> uh devote my myself to self help groups for the rest of my life right, i didn't right. want to be trapped and mandated and and to be frank, to be taught that I would, should be afraid of myself, because that's what AA does. Unfortunately, is it teaches you to be afraid of your own thinking and your own your best thinking got you here, right? So right, oh yeah, that, I mean it's really terrible what they do. And I, we have a Gunther. He's one of the bloggers. He has a, a site called Expose AA Gunther. We'll give it a little plug. Expaa.com. 
Gunther is asking you, what about folks who suffer from psychiatric, psychiatric disorders, such as major depression, but were able to stop drinking for significant periods of time? How can they measure success if just quitting doesn't count? They they look at what's happening in their life. Are there are there? I mean, this is that's. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, they measure success by it. Yeah, quitting might be the the first step or or something. But what do they do with that? I mean, isn't it more important to to build relationships or to start getting out of the house more or to uh, you know tar- start changing the way they look at their lives and their thinking? How's their career? Um, there's so many more, uh, I believe anyway, legitimate ways of measuring success than drinking or not drinking. It's about, you know, it's about having a life, mm-hmm. having a life w- more worth more than turning to the the elixir and drowning yourself. Right, and if they can right. incrementally pull out of that, that's fine. If they can't do it all at once, I mean, and if they only make it so far, I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think I'm trying to answer his question. It's, it, you know, it's some, you know, we, we, we are on this planet for whatever reason, but it is really about, you know, uh, making our relationships good and our uh, time here quality and you know, something to be proud of. Right, right. Uh, I, I didn't get the sense that you were saying that, uh, and I'm speaking sort of directly to Gunther now, because I know him, that just quitting doesn't count, but that it isn't the only thing you measure it. So to say, you know, well, I've quit, but now all I do is, like, have sex with random people, or mm-hmm. all I'm doing is eating Sundays every night, and I've gained 55 pounds, you know, in my first year of well, quitting, or all I do is go to you know meetings three times a day, and uh, my family never sees me. I mean, there's you know strange behaviors that happen if someone goes down the twelve-step route, which you know Gunther was in and out of AA for 18 years, and now has a five years abstinence, and is we are all bloggers is how we're doing it. You know, we some people go on to um, smart meetings online. Um, some people go, but truthfully, most of the people that I know now, Mark, are um, they're blogging, and we have some skyping that goes on with the group of us that are activists, you know, regarding what's going mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I just think that you know, maybe you know, we can talk at another time, not on air, about really kind of maybe pushing it because Amy and I certainly have talked about it, and Hank Hayes. Who wrote "You've Been Lied To"? Uh, the truth about mm. it. Yeah, I don't know if you know about Hank Hayes. No, I'm not sure with that. Yeah, I'll send you his his contact and you can look him up. But uh, I had him on a couple times and he was in the program for a long time, in the teen years, and then left, and was really uh, is really doing some action uh, to promote uh, in the high schools and stuff, in more empowerment and a way to uh, turn your life around without going to twelve step. And mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. all feel that it's in our media. It needs to get out here, especially a book that's so fantastic as this. And someone who, for me, like when I saw Kelsey Grammer on, um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. He's on late. Larry King or something? Or no. Kelsey. 
uh, Kelsey Grammer was on to promote Boss, the new show, and I knew that he had had uh, like a really bad coke problem, or that's what we heard, you know, in the media anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, what's his name? Anybody out there? He's got the show on. Uh, Pierce Morgan? No, is it Pierce Morgan? Uh, it's on. Yeah, like, could it, be. Yeah, the guy, the, the British guy. Mm-hmm. It's Pierce Morgan. And. So he was like, well, you know, you don't drink. And so Kelsey said, no, no, oh, no, I, I just don't do illegal drugs anymore. <laughs> he said, you know, I have I have an occasional drink once in a while. And he was so, it was something so matter-of-fact and so empowering and refreshing the way he handled the question and did it, as opposed to like when Matt Lauer was intimidating and really berating, I think it was Lindsay Lohan, like he was her father uh, you know, about how long she was... So, and I was like, wow, like, who do you think you are talking to this grown woman who probably makes more money than you and you're you're not even asking her what she wants? To, you know, I mean, it's really... Right, the, right. It's very uh, paternalistic or, uh, you know, authoritarian. And, and unfortunately, those of who wind up in front of uh, judges in our society... Get talked to that way that mm-hmm. they're like stupid or yeah. or something like that. Uh, but I didn't know about Kelsey Grammer and uh, what's that good-looking guy that uh, is out there? Um, who, who, who uh, anyway? There's there's a lot of people that are coming out and, and talking about you know cutting back on illegal substances or even their drinking and not going all the way to mm. you know uh become you know uh, missionaries of uh, of a, a philosophy <laughs> that has no scientific proof can you imagine going to your md and and asking him if he when he graduated medical school and being told it was 1935 mm-hmm. you you'd walk out and yet most mds don't have tr- are only trained in the 1935 model. Yes, that's the that's what I say all the time. Imagine going to an OBGYN as a woman, and the guy or a dentist, and that's the model. And when people promote it and they talk about my science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. It's like something from chapter three that gets read in before every meeting that reaches chapter mm-hmm. three. And you know, uh, I actually was at a meeting because I was uh, speaking before. Keeper, whose son was molested and murdered by his sponsor. Wow. I mean, it's really, it's really like unbelievable story. So I had already left AA, but I went, I drove all the way somewhere far away, and I was the opening speaker for ten minutes. And they had read that, and I stood up and I said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> that book was written in '35. Science has accomplished things, and you could see their faces. It's like no one questions." No one, right. you know, there's some people who do, but nobody, you know, and, and I was talking about other things, and they were like, well, you're in an AA meeting. Why, this is not smart. This is not nice. And yeah, but if you really cared about people who suffer, then you would want to know the alternatives here in AA. You would not act like, I'm, I know everything. And, right. And, I mean, the, 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 the current literature, you know, doesn't, it, it doesn't negate the, the help that AA may offer, but it is. You know, science has progressed. I mean, we yeah. have, you know, the internet and things like that. And to to imagine being uh, dominated by a philosophy that really hasn't changed at all 
since the mid 30s is it's absurd i mean to to think that 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 would be the the model on this very serious you know issue mhm mhm um one of the things uh going back to what Gunther had asked um i do know this i'm going to say this that if you uh, if somebody comes to you who has severe depression and such, uh, it's my understanding that you refer them to a psychiatrist if you feel like you, you know, can't handle all the issues that somebody might have. Is that correct? That That's very correct. I'm a big believer in modern science, as I, as I just said. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say 100%, but many people uh, benefit from current psychiatric medications, and there's medications for... Uh, a variety of different things that you know make the uh, maybe the detoxification easier or mm-hmm. mitigates the depression so they can let go of the alcohol easier or uh or their anxiety you know a lot of i i work with a lot of people who are just so socially anxious that to imagine them going into a big meeting of people of strangers is mm-hmm. is the most terrifying thing in the world mm-hmm. and so medication has definitely its place. I mean, there are people that, you know, go in and get over-medicated, but, but a, a well-trained addictionologist has a, has, a, has a nice little assortment of things that, you know, make recovery easier. I'm not crazy about that word recovery, but make the process easier. Uh, yeah, we have process. Okay, guys, have you, did you see that? Because we're all talking about that, how we hate the word recovery now, that those of us who spend too much time, you know, in AA, that uh, so the process and, and really in deprogramming, finding new words. So elixir, that's the word mm-hmm. that Dr. Mark used to hear today, which uh, I like. But the, the one on the line people use is DOC, which is like drug of choice on the young people. That's what they use. But mm-hmm. um, I want to let everybody know that we're talking to Dr. Mark Kern with a K, uh, who is here in Los Angeles, California. He's got a great book called Take Control Now. It's really awesome, awesome book. And how much is the book if you go to, uh, is Amazon the way, where you get it, or can you get it at your website too? You get it at my website or Amazon. I think it's $19 or something cents, and I'm working on it to get it on Kindle, so it'll be even less expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's it's... It's not magic, but it's a, it is a system that if you can if you follow it, will incrementally start helping you make some lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's not black. It's, it's anything from anything close to black and white. Now, nothing close to black and white, I should say. No, it's, no, it's, it's definitely it. not. It's so so refreshing and really helpful. There's a caller here. I'm going to see if he wants to talk. Hey, caller, do you want to talk, or would you like to listen? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> I recognize your hi. number. <laughs> hi, hi, Monica. How are you? Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? Do you want to have, do you have any okay. questions? Or you want to yeah, yeah. Hi. Hello, doctor. How are you? Hi. How are you? Not bad. It's uh, very interesting. I got cut off there. My phone cut off as I was getting out the car, and I just got in the house. Mm. I was curious uh, about what was that reference again about the rubber band? Again, well, you know, it, it, it was—it's just an analogy. If you—if you, if you uh, start uh, trying to control everything, it's—it's it's akin to pulling uh, like a rubber band, you know, uh, you know uh, sort of from the middle, and 
and, and it'll eventually spring back uh, with a lot of force. So I'm not an advocate of uh, self willpowering recovery or white knuckling it. It's uh-huh. it's, it's got to be integrated uh, in a much broader way than just I'm just not going to do it. Uh, okay. So what is your um, process? Are you so do you give therapy as a doctor to you know certain patients who are you know dealing with addictions and stuff like that or uh that's I, that's all I do that's all I do uh-huh. I mean I I I you know people come in with depression and addiction but I only do alcohol and drugs uh either either toward abstinence or toward uh, uh you know what's what's commonly called now a harm reduction approach mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. they're willing to do now. I mean, I've had clients who came back 10 years later uh, to make further steps, you know, toward abstinence wow. or get more control over their drinking in general. Wow. Wow. And, and what is your overall feeling, uh, basically, about uh, 12-step recoveries, such as Alcoholics Anonymous? Well, I mean, I'm not here to incite any riots or anything, but I'm not an advocate. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not an advocate, and I'm I've done lectures in front of a lot of twelve-step, you know, uh, uh, credentialed groups, and I I remember one distinctively, and they they didn't have tomatoes, but it was like I they were they were booing me and and uh, uh, <laughs> oh my verbal God, threats and you. Wow. wow and wow they're they're scared of hearing. New information, you know. Uh, right, right, right. You know what Gunther no, said? I, I, he said, please, let's have a riot. He Listen, if you have to speak <laughs> anywhere again, just invite me. I'll come along, and I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring the tomatoes to throw at them. <laughs> well, you know, I find it surprising. I find it surprising, you know, Monica, too, and Dr., that, you know, in the big book, if you will, uh, it'll say it early on, too, as you, you know, to be open-minded, uh, you know, for your morning mm-hmm. meditation and your prayers, to have an open-minded, your rabbi, you know, your priest. or It basically says to have an open mind to other things. And uh, it, it says it right there. And to have to hear about the resistance, you know, from the folks, you know, in recovery, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's just mind-blowing. It's, you know, it's just, uh, I guess... It's, it's, it's hypocritical. It's, it, it's scary, for me to yeah. to hear how close minded and these and I'm even speaking of new MDs coming out of medical school because that's what they were trained in and let's be frank you know they were trained in diseases right. and they're out there promote telling you know people just just go to another AA meeting that that'll solve all your problems because yeah. they don't really want to take the time to understand. Did you repeat that? I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't even, I hear that last part you said. Well, I just really I I I, used, I taught at UCLA for a while as, as well as USC, and I would teach uh, uh, up and coming psychiatrists and mm-hmm. MDs, and they were so close minded wow. to anything other than a disease model. You know, yeah. it's all wow. it's all in your genes. You know, wow. that it was not, it's, it's it's scared not. me. I mean, I, I saw that guy from Harvard. Wow. Talk on in Penn and Teller, and I really I need somebody like him or him to interview for my film because he said it's not, it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not in the brain, it's not a neurological thing. And even actually, my one of my sons said, 
But even even if it was, it's like, okay, it's genetic. So I, I'm a singer, and my kids have a gene that they could sing, but it doesn't mean they're going to want to be a singer or sing. Well, it's not for, destiny. Yeah, it's like, you know, you don't have to, okay, you know, because you did this, I have this in, in you, and you're going to do that too. But that's what's taught. But I, I really think that, you know, there's a big conference every year, which I'm sure maybe you go to, but it's the one where you have all, like, the judges, and they have a superstar. You know, they had some guy from Friends. He was the main speaker. And then you have Ruben Stubbard was the singer. And they talk in front of all, like, the probation officers and such. Do you know that conference? No, I've not been invited to that one. Yeah, you need to speak to that one. Wow. Wow. You need a booth at one. We're going to get together. We're going to we're going to join forces, Amy Lee Coy and you and I and anyone else who's here in Los Angeles because it's too much in the media and it's really and it's a lot. Um, and they're yeah. being people are being you know mandated into these uh, you know methodologies that you know you wouldn't see this in any other f- f- uh, part of uh, medicine or psychology. I mean, there's you know, there's 25 theories of depression. I mean, it's not wow. one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I but, I, I, but I, I do have another question, if I may. Uh, may I? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, Monica, uh, Doctor, what is your definition of a disease? Your professional definition of a disease? Well, that's that's interesting. There's a lot of uh, people with a lot of different definitions. But when I think of disease, now, this is just my perspective. I think of biologically based phenomenon, uh, mm. whether internal or you catch it. It's a disease entity. Mm-hmm. Right. I. So I mean, you know, other people call it disease or something like that. But uh, you know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I. I. I I think that we're doing a lot of people disservice by giving them, first of all, that definition to opt out of responsibility or, mm-hmm. if not, n- not, you know, uh, really understanding uh, the phenomenon they're ca- caught up with. I, I tend to use the word syndrome, but that's a little, you know, psychobabbly, you know, right, right. but that's what I call it, a syndrome. Syndrome, because the word is used so much in in Alcoholics Anonymous and then twelve step. That word disease is thrown around so much that when I attended quite frequently at the time, I would say the word too that I would have it a disease because other people said it, and I figured well it's mm-hmm. acceptable and that's what it is. And, and nowhere in that book I, I recall say does it, Monica, at all say that word disease? Is it ever, is it, is it ever called a disease in the book? I don't I don't know. I don't know that it is. I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think that was adopted because it was something that the insurance companies would pay for. I mean, even the man Jelinek, who developed the disease model, had five different types of people with alcohol problems, and only one, the gamma alcoholic, was supposedly had a biological or genetic essence to it. And the other four did not, but... Those other four have been forgotten about within the twelve-step community. Interesting. And, uh, okay. Once, so you know. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. I'll put you back on hold. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Um, so there's two two things. Uh, somebody, Kenneth Anderson is out there. Hi, Kenneth. He's saying that Lance Dodes is the guy from Harvard. Uh, he yes, had him on his I know show. Lance. 
Yeah, you know him. So I, I think I need to contact him and ask him to be interviewed because I want somebody with a jacket and a suit that says it's not a, a, a brain not a brain thing you know it's not um that oh i have a different brain i mean maybe if you took a lot of meth that it will hurt your brain right 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 yes you can if you do enough of this you know elixir it is going to change the neurology of your of your brain if you act in a new uh habitual way you know like uh brushing your teeth every morning your brain does change if you get in the habit of brushing your teeth right. but it is doing you know consumers or people with problems a disservice to just uh lay it out as a disease or lay it out as, as just a, a disorder of 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 the brain mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. at least i i'm of that belief Amy was asking, what year did you teach, and you you were at uh, UCLA or USC? I was uh, at UCLA uh, before Dr. Coombs passed away, so that would be uh, about uh, eight, nine years ago, Mm -hmm. and it was around that time I was was teaching at at USC in the School of Social Work. There's a a Dr. Margie Fetting uh, who uh, taught there, and... uh, they were very, very progressive. Uh, I, we're, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing a class with uh, Garrett O'Connor, who's the head of uh, Betty Ford Center, and we would have these massive arguments in front of our class about, you know, he thought it was, you know, a disease, and I said, yes, there are biological components, but it's not all biology that's that's running the show here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Gunther just wrote in, Henrietta, the Lord has been so wonderful to me, curing me of this terrible disease that I just want to keep talking about it and telling people. It's from the big book, page 191. Oh, I I, I take it back. It is in there, I guess. But you know what? That's the stories, right, Gunther? That's not in the first uh, 169 pages, right? It's coming from a story. Uh, And I know because um, I was told by a guy who ran it in New York that the disease and the word was really began to be used when they passed that law in I think 1980, where then um, treatment centers were going to be paid through insurance, and yes, that's what yes. made the big gravy train. Is that correct? Isn't that what kind that's of happened? That's how I understand it. That's how I understand it. Yeah, it was all yeah. about getting third-party reimbursement. Right, and it, it really it doesn't have any documentation. Right. I mean, so if uh, Blue Cross sends you to AA and then you get to a rehab, I mean this is kind of what happened with Colorado when we were talking deeply about. Um, her murder is that her insurance sent her to a rehab where they bust them to AA where she met a man who killed her. Mm. Mm. So maybe Blue Crosses needs to know about it. I mean, we talked about this and putting these people on notice. So you better think twice. I mean, I called to, when I found out about all this stuff, I called my therapist and let her know what I was finding going on in AA and that I was leaving, you know, after three decades. Mm-hmm. But Mm-hmm. We have 60 seconds left. I want to thank you so much. We'll have you on again. I want to thank we you. Talk some more. We're talking to Dr. Mark Hearn. You can find his book on Amazon, Take Control Now. That's Take Control Now by Dr. Mark Hearn. And you can find his website at habit, H-A-B-I-T, doc, D-O-C. And he is in Los Angeles, California, so if you know anybody who needs to see a real person who's not a crazy stepper <laughs> and a therapist, you can see Mark Hearn. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll talk again and see maybe some strategy we can get the media to um, hear more about you and your book. I really appreciate it. And let's have you on again. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. And everyone out there as well. Yes, any, anybody up, out keep there. Keep up can... the good work. It, it, it's, it's gotten better over the last 30 years. Oh, good. Great. Uh, good night, everybody, and we'll see you uh, next week. Take care. Good night. Good night. Thank you.